One Team Media. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. Enjoy the Bulldogs Podcast the Dogs. The gun again on first down. Fires wide. Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels. And you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go Dogs. Welcome to this episode of the DGD Podcast. As always, the NCDGD himself, Robert Reynolds. Guys, live on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Daily Motion. Catch us here. We're going to a lot to talk about today. And obviously, uh, if you're if you're Patrick Starr, you may not have heard this. Uh, the alliance formed uh, by the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but also some things around the SEC as well. Uh, step definitely started to hear some rumblings uh, about teams and their uh, perceived measures about uh, entrance into stadiums for the games this year. So we're going to talk a little bit about LSU's uh, take to uh, require right proof of vaccination or uh, the negative test results. Uh, and what could be the impact from this? Right. Uh, obviously, Georgia did not choose to do that. And several other SEC teams did not do this. Uh, so maybe talk a little bit about the uh, ramifications, perhaps, of what could come from that uh, decision by LSU. And obviously, Josh Brooks, uh, athletic director, decided to make a uh, announcement, uh, kind of odd one. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, but first, look, going to talk a little bit about lots of rain. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, guys, Dawn of the Dog giveaway, two tickets to Georgia versus South Carolina. All you have to do is go to lotsofrain.com, as you can see here. If not, you're looking at la-torain, T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Uh, basically, just provide proof of purchase. Uh, no minimum requirement whatsoever. You could buy a pair of sunglasses uh, and get an entry. Also, it's itemized. So if you get three different items uh, and use code DGD, that's the key. Use code DGD, get three items or three entries into the giveaway. Huge, 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 huge. You could win them for free. So keep that in mind. Uh, winner will be selected September 10th. Uh, September 10th at 8 a.m. is when entries will uh, be stopped and counted, and a winner will be given uh, provided then. Also, announcements regarding Lots of Rain and the DGD podcast, guys. Uh, this is a filler for interest here. The Legacy 2 DGD Edition. If you're not familiar with what this is, guys, we're painting it black. One of the sleekest designs that La Terrain offers. All black. And it's going to be beautiful. So if you're looking at the screen, uh, typically the Legacy 2, look, Legacy 2 has a Swiss movement uh, design. One of the best designs you can get. It's a great watch. The thing about it is, though, guys, the all leather is now a mesh design. So it's going to be interesting there. A Let's just say this right here. If you can see in the chat, I have the Legacy 2 DGD edition. If you're listening to it, guys, I will provide it in the show notes and on social media. But there is the uh, there's the website there uh, for people that want to be interested in the DGD edition. Watch. Go check it out. Uh, let La Terrain know that you're interested in it. Look, DGDs wear it only, guys. That's all it is. So make sure you get one. Uh, obviously, just a filler for interest. If there's enough interest, it'll be a product run. And look, every DGD needs a watch. So check it out. And another 
important information here. Look, DGD giveaway, right? Uh, on the road to a thousand followers here, right? Thousand followers on Twitter. Uh, so make sure you follow the DGD podcast on Twitter. Uh, we're only like 150 some away right now. Look, if you if we hit a thousand followers before the season starts against Clemson, we will run a giveaway. And the options you could get a signed Nick Chubb Chrome mini helmet or a hundred dollars to spend at Fanatics uh, via a Fanatics gift card. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at the DGD Podcast and. Let's get into this show, guys. This is a good one. Uh, the Alliance, right? Everybody's familiar with the Alliance and what it means, right, for college football. And honestly, listening to what happened earlier this week, I, I genuinely don't think it means a damn thing for, you know, for all of those conferences involved. Let's start off right here. Obviously, for anybody that's not familiar, you know, ACC, Pac-12, uh, and Big Ten – decided to form this alliance, right? And obviously involves scheduling and a bunch of other issues, right? And just to come to look at it and listen to the listening to the Zoom call that they offered, the first takeaway, there's no there's no contract. There's none. There's none. It was literally a gentleman's agreement between three men and 41, basically 41 schools. So there's nothing in on paper. That right there tells you it's a bunch of bullshit. There's really nothing. To me, it's a half-hearted effort of trying to basically say the SEC is the big bully. We're going to fight back. And you get nowhere with that. Look, I don't believe I don't believe in this alliance crap at all. I, I don't think it's going to matter anything. And if it tells you anything a day after the alliance, oh, yeah, LSU and USC in Las Vegas come 2024. So that tells me that the Alliance really is nothing. So you're talking about scheduling, you know, but within each other, and then you go and schedule an SEC mar- uh, matchup. That to me right there, it tells you that it, it doesn't matter. This Alliance is nothing already. So it's just overblown. It really is. If it, if there was a contract or a signed agreement, sure. I, I would think that there would be something there. Um, but when they, when you hear, you know, that's, that's like putting a, a promise ring on it. And what does a promise ring mean? Nothing really, right? So dealing with that right there, look, I'm not worried about this alliance. I think it's a, literally an emotional reaction, right, to the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma. And honestly, I don't think it's going to mean anything. Nothing's going fam- to materialize after this, uh, out from this. There, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's coming of this. You know, if it does, cool. But if not, look, you're already seeing it come day one after this with L, uh, with LSU and USC uh, playing in Vegas come 2024. So, again, the alliance is all hype. Don't buy into it. You, there's nothing going on there. Like it's just a, like I said, it's just an overreactional uh, and over an emotional actually an over emotional reaction. Say that five times fast. Anyway. You know, obviously, look coming into it, you know, the perception was, you know, that these three conferences, uh, you know, are going to stick together. They're going to make moves, you know, play more interconference matchups, right, or in, within the three conferences. Uh, and, what you know, what would that mean to the, uh, the group of five? You know, but the one thing that a lot of people may not have even realized or that they did, it's a glaring weakness. You left the Big 12 out. 
which means the Big 12 is dead. All right, guys, the Big 12 is dead. Let's just be honest here. Let's just be honest. You sit there, you want you want to have this, you know, the alliance is formed, you know, to fight the SEC, uh, but you forgot the other conference, right? The Big 12. SC, you know, Big 12 is dead, guys. That that right there just told me that all other four power five out of the five conferences don't mean they don't care about the Big 12 anymore. That just tells you that Texas and Oklahoma were the Big 12. You could honestly see, you could honestly see a group of five conference like the AAC become that power five in all honesty not saying they will but i think you're definitely seeing that right now the big 12 without texas and oklahoma is on par to be the aac because really there's no good football product whatsoever aac has better football product right now than the big 12 without texas and oklahoma there's no question about it i mean you have oklahoma state which is fair which is fair you know west virginia i think you're going to see teams you know, in the Big 12 as it stands now, they're going to get picked apart. But you're also here, you know, I was reading an article about perhaps the Big 12, what it is right now, uh, acquiring teams to stay relevant. You're, you're still going to you're still going to sink almost because the revenue loss, if you do acquire other schools, right, and maybe we'll sit here and figure out which schools to replace Texas and Oklahoma, you replace them. Guess what that means? You're still losing a ton of revenue. Oklahoma and Texas were your revenue for the Big 12, and now that is gone. What does what does the other schools in the Big 12 provide? Maybe some basketball. I think Kansas basketball is probably the best uh, sport non-football there. They're a trash program when it comes to football, though. So with that being said right there, I genuinely don't believe – that the Big 12 stays relevant. I, I don't believe that you can acquire schools because you have to acquire schools that are going to generate some sort of revenue. What schools out there, right? I think you could look at other schools, Cincinnati, right? Uh, you know, Cincinnati's one hit, hit areas, you know, hit markets, right? Uh, Cincinnati right there in a big market actually uh, would make sense to try to generate some revenue, but they're in a group of five. UCF's another one. UCF is in Orlando, right? Great market. But do you think that, you know, UCF is going to sit there and leave the American and come in to the Big 12? I don't really think so. What does the Big 12 have to offer? Not really much of anything right now. So, you know, this is why my prediction is the Big 12 is dead. And I think you're going to see teams get dispersed around other conferences. You're going to see these teams go in and get sucked in. You know, I think you look at, you know, obviously the ACC – to me, it makes logical sense to add West Virginia there, right? West Virginia is in that uh, ACC footprint. You can kind of see them kind of bordering between Big Ten and the ACC. I just think the better fits the ACC. It's just, they're they're in the you know they're in there uh, in that footprint of the ACC. I think they would fit in and and do well in the ACC in regards to most programs out even outside of football. West Virginia doesn't have a terrible football program. Adding the ACC program, you know, adding them into the ACC makes sense, you know. But nonetheless, outside of the Big 12, there's one school that I'm curious about and what happens with this program, and it's Notre Dame. Notre Dame is sitting there, and they've they've basically doubled down on staying as independent. What happens with this if this alliance does take form of something that's actually worthwhile, right? If these conferences start sucking up other teams and – 
you know, the time comes to the point where Notre Dame has to make a move. I think that's coming, right? It, it's coming. But what happens to Notre Dame? What are their moves? Right? They have the, the I would say, the NBC deal, which is amazing, right? It's an amazing deal. That's why I think you see Notre Dame not making a move to, to go to join a conference. But let's just be honest here. When Notre Dame joined the ACC last year so that they could play, there was actually damn good football there, especially when they played Clemson. It, to me, I understand they're already affiliated with the ACC anyway, so it makes sense to me that they go join the ACC 100%. You know, maybe the ACC takes on that NBC deal. Uh, it would be nice. You know, I don't know what's causing, you know, Notre Dame to not be able to do that, but I really wish Notre Dame would make a move and join a conference. I really do. Because until then, you know, with it, with the expanded playoffs, right? The, the concept is you're never going to be higher than a fourth seed anyway because you have to be a conference champion. They're not a conference. They're not in a conference. What are they supposed to do, right? So you're you're basically saying you're, you know, at the moment projecting you're going to finish at least or at most fifth, right? At best fifth. Now, with the project, you know, with the prediction uh, or what the projection was for the expanded playoff with five, six, seven, and eight hosting a home game, you know, maybe the attraction of obviously the NBC deal and a home game, right? A playoff home game would be enticing to stick around. Maybe that's the case. But, you know, I, I genuinely think with the way college football is realigning itself and, and, and the seismic motion and movements uh, under our feet right now as college football fans, look, it's happening so fast and we genuinely don't know what to make of it. Right. Obviously, I'm telling you right now, the the SEC will acquire Texas and Oklahoma and Texas and Oklahoma will be playing football in the SEC next year. I just see it coming. And, and there's really the financial incentive is nothing near what they can make joining the SEC. It's just too re, it's just too reasonable and too logical for them to sit there and take that buyout and just give the Big 12 that money and say, deuces, let's go to the SEC Let's do some big boy moves. That's what you need to do. Look, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time when they make the move. And if they don't, I'll be surprised because 2025 is way too far away. And the bad blood from Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12, it's not going to sit well if they sit there and prolong that move. It's going to come next year more than likely. And that's just what it's going to be. Anyways, moving on to another topic here. We're going to stick around the SEC here. LSU decides a couple days ago that they're going to sit here and we want to require proof of vaccination or a negative test result or a negative COVID test result within three days prior to entry into, uh, into Tiger Stadium uh, for their games this year. Honestly, to, you know, to their, that, that is their right to do that. Um, you know, but afterwards, right, that was the first domino there. Afterwards, you hear Georgia, no, no requirements whatsoever, none, right? You, nothing. Kentucky, same thing. Several other SEC schools decide not to sit here and make these requirements, no proof of vaccine, things like that. And this ain't even political. I think this is going to have an impact on Tiger Stadium's attendance. Look, Tiger Stadium, no one's going to sit here and argue with me and saying that Tiger Stadium, especially at night, is one of the most 
intense environments in college football. It's arguably the most intense. I think you put it up there with whiteout at Penn State. But nonetheless, look, that is one of the most fierce environments, right? Obviously, I think it's because, you know, the the uh, impact in Louisiana of COVID, I think you're seeing a huge hit there. So they're trying to protect students. I understand that. I'm not going to be mad at your decision. Uh, each school has their own right. You know, I'm not mad about that. I am curious to see how that's going to impact your uh, attendance. Because there's going to be people that don't want to sit there and go get tested. There's going to be people that aren't vaccinated, and you're basically telling them they can't come. So is that going to impact a full stadium? Maybe. We'll see. I think it may. But it's not going to stop the Tiger fans from sitting there and wilding the hell out every single night in Baton Rouge. There's no question that that place is still going to be live, especially if they have the season that I think they're going to have. I could definitely see LSU finishing second in the West this year. They have to piece things together, but I definitely think it's going to be nowhere close of what you saw last year of, of what they put out on the field on offense and defense. You have Max Johnson as your sol- uh, solid starting quarterback. One, he fits that offense a lot better than what Miles Brennan could run that offense in. No, no, no knock at all. No knock at all. Right. Obviously Miles gets injured. Look, let's be honest that, uh, T.J. Finley uh, transfer, huge right now, huge, because you're one play away. So that's going to change the offense. But nonetheless, I think your defense is going to be a lot better. And honestly, LSU, I think you might finish second, guys. I hope you you do it for me, right? I hope you do it so I'm not sitting there 100% wrong. Look, A&M, you know, A&M just announced Haynes King, quarterback number one. And that's going to make that team different and dangerous. Let's just be honest. You add that ability to sit there and run over, you know, obviously Haynes King over uh, Kazada. Look, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. That offense is going to be a problem. And that defense, that defense is going to be no joke. None. With DeMarvin Leal, the head guy there, no joke. So could you see A&M finish second? Absolutely. I think the West is absolutely loaded right now. No question about it. Uh, you know, and I, I really want to see the East get back to that way. Obviously, throughout time, you've seen the East and the West have this power, you know, switch. You know, look back into the 90s when you had, you know, Tennessee and Florida, Georgia, right? And, and you look over and LSU and Bama weren't strong and Auburn was kind of there, you know, things like that. But now you sit there and you look at the West and the West could be as deep as you've ever seen it this year. You look at Bama. Bama, even I don't care what happens to Bama, as long as Nick Saban's there, they're a true uh, true title contender. You're always going to sit there and play for a perfect season. That's your expectation, as so long as Nick Saban's there. I don't see him leaving anytime soon. LSU, I think you're sitting there. Coach O knows what's going on there. Right? Coach O knows what's going on. He knows the pressure's on him, and that's understandable. You just won a national title in 2019. The expectations are through the damn roof. No question about it. He knows it. They're going to play with a fire under their ass, and they're going to play better football. A&M, I think they stay around the same way. Looking at Kellen Mond leaving, that could be a big hit. But Haynes King brings something that Kellen Mond couldn't, and I think that's more con- more consistent running uh, threat and the and the really lack of you know the lack of care in throwing the ball down the field. And honestly, that makes A&M dangerous. It really does. You know, even looking down to other teams like Arkansas, which Arkansas schedule has to be 
one of the most insane schedules you could imagine, right? But Sam Pittman's going to have that team playing playing tough defense, playing tough football week in and week out. KJ Jefferson replaces Frank uh, Felipe Franks. Interesting to see how that plays out. I think Arkansas is going to finish toward the bottom, but I really think they're going to be an improved team and probably going to see a bowl game. You know, obviously the question mark being with Auburn, with Harson, what can he do? Can he change? You know, can he instill the culture and continue the way that Auburn needs to be? That's the question there. But let's be honest, the East, guys, the East. Everybody thinks, you know, you listen to the media, you think that Florida is going to sit there and stay toward the top. Guys, I'm here to tell you that I don't see that. And if you're a Florida fan and you're listening, I really don't care that you get pissed off about this, but I could see you finishing as low as fourth. Because your your first off, your schedule is absolutely brutal, guys. It really is. Florida's schedule is absolutely brutal. You sit there, you bring in Alabama to the swamp week three. That's right there in itself. That's a definite, like almost a definite loss. Yeah, and look, if you win, great. But I just don't see it happening, guys. I really don't. With Bryce Young, look, Bryce Young's gonna be a great quarterback. I really have to see what he's about in a big time game. But nonetheless, he's going to be the next great Alabama quarterback. Prove me wrong. Maybe he will. I don't know. I, I just think that he's going to be the next great Alabama quarterback. And that's that. You sit there. You have that right. You have Alabama week three. Look, Kentucky's no slouch, guys. Kentucky with Mark Soups. I tell you, Mark Soups is one of the most underrated coaches in all of college football. And I think he's the most underrated in the SEC right now. Defensively, the guy is doing great things with Kentucky. You sit there and you look transfer to the offense. You switch over to the offensive side of the ball. Chris Rodriguez that they're in the running game. Look, they're going to run it down your throat, but they have something this year that's going to make them a true threat. And why I think they finished second in the East, Will Levis from the transfer uh, Penn, uh, transfer from Penn State. Look, he, dude, they can move the ball down the field. They have a passing game. They have to show it, but they have the potential to experience, you know, exploit a passing game. That's all they needed last year to sit there and make true waves in the SEC East. I think it happens this year. They finished second in the East. And I think, honestly, Missouri could finish third. I really do. With Coach Drink there, it's going to be a huge thing, a huge, uh, a huge observation to see what he does in year two. Behind Georgia. I, I don't see nobody stopping Georgia, but, I mean, obviously things have happened. But let's be honest here. Florida, you, you play Georgia, you play Alabama, you play LSU, which is going to be a lot better. That right there in itself, guys, that's 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 an insane three games for any team within a season. You could almost look at three almost guaranteed losses if you're not careful. You know, you look at what Kyle Trask was, a generational player. Kyle Pitts was the same thing. You're losing that. How much can you replace? You know, the defensive side of the ball, guys, the defensive line did not get any amount of pressure last year, and it showed on your defense because your product was absolute dog shit because there was no pressure. Look, you can always sit there. Pressure on up in the front four can always cover for a weak secondary, but a weak secondary cannot cover from a weak pass rush. You have to get to the quarterback to be successful on defense in the SEC. And most less in college football in general, you got to have to sit there and have a damn good upgrade uh, compared to what we saw last year. Along that defensive line, generate pressure, 
to really make it up. Because if you don't, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And Todd Grantham could be gone this year if it doesn't happen. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about that. But anyways, enough about our SEC roundtable here. Definitely want to sit here and talk about the, you know, the attendance, right? Look, 100%. Georgia announced it 100%. Uh, you know, I expect everybody else to announce that it's 100%. And, look, that's a damn good thing for college football because last year when you're at 20%, it's, it's just not the same, right? It's just not the same. Even, you know, for whether, whether you're watching on TV or in the stadium, it's just not, it doesn't feel right. Having 100% is going to feel right, and I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for it. But you sit there, you listen to Georgia with uh, Athletic Director Josh, Josh Brooks. Look, guys, on Twitter, you're sitting there making an announcement, hints at something. You know, look, as a fan – I really thought they were going to allow beer, right? I, I really read, I read that and I was like, it's about to be, oh, it's about to be beer in the stands, right? Turns out Zaxby's ice, a little bit of a let, let down there, um, you know, but you know, Zaxby's does make some damn good ice. So make things pretty damn cold, get a nice drink, right? And get a nice cold, make it cold with Zaxby's ice. A little bit of a letdown. I was expecting beer. I think a lot of people really wanted that. Um, you know, but look, tailgating, I'm sure it's rowdy as hell anyway, right? Do you need beer in there? Absolutely. You know, absolutely you do. Uh, the revenue from that would be through the roof. But you sit there and you, you look at the scope of the, the NCAA, right, with this alliance. Let's kind of to recap here. The SEC alliance, or the, the alliance against the SEC, I should say. Look, that alliance is bullshit, guys. There's nothing. There's nothing that's set in stone, and that thing's gonna fall apart faster than a, a one ply toilet paper. I'm just saying. You sit there. The SEC and Martin and Greg Sankey are making shark moves. They are sharks in the water, and you saw that, and it became very evident when the SEC acquired Texas and Oklahoma, and it just shows you how dominant the SEC is over the other conferences in the NCAA. You sit there, you hear the alliance. There's potential. There is a potential that the alliance could sit there and help establish a move away from the NCAA in regards to a governing body. I think if they do that, look, anything you sit there and provide outside of the NCAA to to counter the NCAA is going to be better than the NCAA. The NCAA is literally just a figurehead. They're nothing. They're nothing. They don't govern for shit anyway. Pardon my French. They don't. You sit there, you see all these recruiting thing, you know, all the recruiting allocations, right? You hear sexual assault, things like that. Baylor comes up to mind, right? But then you sit there and you hear other kids, you know, just getting a place to crash on a recruiting visit and they're getting penalized, you know, for shit like that. Get out of town, man. Get out of here with that. You sit there, that just shows you they're incompetent. NCAA is basically dead to me as well anyway. I think it's just a matter of time before you look at the other conferences and they they separate from the NCAA and create something new. Uh, and I, honestly, I think if they do that, they're going to see more governance. Uh, and I think that's a good thing for everybody. I think it's a good thing for the kids. You know, be on. You know, make it honest, right? But who, who honestly, it's a double-sided, double-edged sword. You could see the, you know, you could definitely see the wild, wild west uh, for what it's already worth now. But nonetheless, guys, look, I'm, I'm just going to say this right here. The Alliance, bullshit. It's just what it is. Alliance is it's nothing. 
vaccinations, things like that around the SEC. You know, obviously keep an eye out for what goes on around your school, right? Obviously, if you're an LSU fan, you know, make sure you get, you know, if you want to go, make sure you get vaccinated. Make sure you have a test, you get tested. It's not going to be that big end of the world. I understand there's a lot of people, you know, I'm not digging down the rabbit hole, but you get where I'm going with it. You know, make sure you still sell that place out, man. Look, from a, you know, from a Georgia fan, I want to see other teams and their stadiums be ridiculous. I really do. It's better for college football when you're when you're at 100 percent, you're loud. You know, the environment is insane. It's just better for college football. So do what you've got to do. Stay up to date with your school and the rules that they have in place for attendance. Make sure you do that. If you're listening, go check it out. Look, you can find it everywhere. Just listen in anywhere, basically, and they'll tell you. Uh, and then if you're a Georgia fan, look, be prepared for Zaxby's ice. Okay. Zaxby's ice. Uh, you know, I'm going to end on that, right? Zaxby's ice, cold, cold beverages. Remember that. But on that note, though, guys, thanks for tuning into the show. Make sure to follow us at Twitter on Twitter, Instagram at the DGD Podcast. Uh, make sure, look, we're only like 150 some followers away from the thousand follow, uh, thousand follower giveaway. Sign Nick, uh, Nick Chubb Chrome Mini Helmet or $100 Fanatics gift card. Uh, check us out at the DGD Podcast or DGDpodcast.com. Again, make sure. Make sure. Dawn of the Dog giveaway. Make sure you go to LaTerrain.com. La-Terrain. T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E. One entry per item that you purchase. Use DGD at checkout. 10% off your order. Uh, regardless of limit. on, uh, There's no limit. For how much you spend, you can spend whatever. You can buy anything there, and you get an entry, uh, you know, and that's itemized. So if you buy three items, you get three entries into the giveaway. Uh, entry Entries will stop September 10th, 8 a.m. Eastern, and we will select a winner on September 10th. So make sure you go in. Look, make sure you. they got great watches, guys. The Legacy, the Compass, right? Make sure also DGD Edition. Show them, show them some uh, some interest here. Uh, let's get the DGD. Let's paint it black. Make the DGD edition legacy happen. Let's make it become a thing. Let's black this thing out. And obviously, if you do that, make sure you go to uh, lawterrain.com. Uh, the, the link for the DGD edition will be in the show notes uh, for those listening. Uh, if you're watching, you can see it right here. But look, great watch, Swiss movement. Key there, if you're a watch fanatic, you understand what Swiss movement means. Great product, great quality. Look, let's paint it black. Let's get ready for the season. Thousand followers on Twitter. Look, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate us on Apple Podcasts, five stars preferred. You know, wherever you get your show, whether it be podcast or live shows on YouTube, Twitch, make sure you show some love to the DGD podcast. On that note, though, guys. Catch, turn back in tomorrow. Go dogs. This is the DGD podcast. Go dogs.